Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 296. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com. And we're excited to have with us the acclaimed and celebrated comic creators of Home Free, John Kratke and Michelle Lodge. Hello. Hey. How's it going? Hey. John and Michelle, how you doing? As of this recording, your 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 Kickstarter has been launched, and it's well over fifty percent on your Kickstarter, and it is home free issues one through four, and and you've also been able to take home free, and you've you've had successful Kickstarters in the past for your previous issues as well. Um, this one is actually our most successful, just in in terms of like funding and how fast it got to where it is right now. Um, yeah, we know it was a nice huge jump in that first couple of days. So it was kind of nice to see that, like, hey, we're doing something right. <laughs> Talk to us a little bit about the the synopsis and in, in, in the theme of the comic. So the main character uh, is Sarah. Um, she actually carries over from a graphic novel that Michelle and I created a couple of years ago. We released it as a web comic called The Black Wall. Um, mm. So this is kind of like her story 10 years after the events of that one. Um, we pick up with her. She's in a small town of Coos Bay, Oregon. Um, just kind of, she's kind of escaped. Like she's gone there for um, kind of a solitude kind of life, you know, but um, all around her, America's kind of getting into um, a chaotic time where there's opposing sides and there's lots of like big protests and riots and um just like political strife going on within the country um and she kind of takes the opportunity when she meets a young girl named emmy uh who's been abused by a pimp um to escape the country or to escape coos bay and just kind of take that as a sign hey i'm gonna get this girl out of here take her to safety then i'm gonna get the hell out of here too it's time mm. for me to go um, and her plan is to go to Mexico and just kind of continue running because um, right. that's what she's kind of done all her life because she has a very um, not a great past. Um, you know, she's had a lot of strife and now she's running to Mexico and all along the way she's uh, kind of getting into some crazy situations because uh, as the country is kind of melting down around her, she finally hits San Diego where it's come to. Um, ahead and there's just like full-blown urban warfare going on and she's almost to mexico but now we're on you know four issue four and five of the last ones of the series so we're just kind of like what you know what's going to happen to sarah where is she going to end up right so what was the conversation like between the two of you when covid hit and you're when everything was on lockdown did the two of you talk to each other like this is kind of weird huh didn't we talk <laughs> like how is your writing of a post apocalyptic setting changed uh since covid i think michelle and i were at a point we finished the black wall she ran her own kickstarter first with um momentality and um she had success with it and i think we just you know i think we try you know we put something together for a pitch i think to and we sent it out a bunch of places didn't really happen for us and we we're just like what can we do you know what do we want to do next and 
um i think we were originally we were just like hey let's just do a kickstarter together we'll, we'll create uh like a new new thing just something short and um uh that's you know just something we can do to kind of get ourselves started in the kickstarter universe um and so home free was originally supposed to be three issues so it's supposed to be much shorter um but there was i ran it by some um people and there was just seemed to be a lot of missing pieces so i went back and it just expanded to five issues uh and it you know it was written i'm trying to like even where did we start it must we must have started in 2020 or towards the end because the first issue we started did funding for it in 2021 at the end of that um okay. and i think it was is that, is that when we did it um sounds about right those years yeah. are kind of a blur <laughs> it is it is and we've been working together so long i really don't even know exactly when it all started sometimes i'm like when was it i have to like go look for old emails and figure out the dates you know okay. or look at our, our old website and like look at when we posted pages and like the dates that i had attached to them uh but uh i think we we saw the things going on and like it just it just worked with like where Sarah's history was in the Black Wall comic and revisiting her life 10 years later. It just kind of worked um, out like that the world would be kind of in the same place. Because when we wrote the Black Wall, it was it was more about surveillance and everything. Um, and it gets we get into that a little bit in this story but it's more about um it was kind of a near dystopian future you know um not too far off things that could happen to us and um i think the reaction with the world the way the the build up to you know the things people talk about with civil war kind of stuff these days and just like mm. the going against each other right now it, this comic just kind of naturally fit into building up towards that so right. it just it kind of worked out and you know, just to reflect on life as it is right now a little bit, you know? So talk to us a bit, Michelle, about how the, the process works between you and John. Do you have a hand in the actual scripting piece? Because the two of you have been working together for so long. Do you both have your own specific, you know, segregated responsibilities? We can give each other feedback and do. Um, it's just most often, a lot of times we don't need to. <laughs> yeah, John takes care of the the scripting side, and um, we'll you know ask if there's anything you know off or what do I think, and you know, I I don't I can't think of a time where anything's been off or I don't think you know it's going in a good direction um and then you know sometimes he has some edits for me with art uh most of the time it's just it's very smooth process yeah okay. would you say that's accurate john yeah i think um yeah no we really like it's like in any kind of notes we really have for each other i think it's just like you know just hey this doesn't totally make sense or whatever um and we just, you know, fix the problem. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we, I don't know. We just like, I, I think we just kind of have the same mindset for this. Like we kind of call our, what we do is dramatic crime fiction. Um, mm -hmm. And we just kind of like, I think gel together on like the thing that we want to create. 
Right. Yeah. Uh, like we have another project that's going to be coming up. Uh, I think, I guess next, right. I, I think yes. that's the plan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was originally <laughs> a script by Michelle. Um, and then I oh. took her script and kind of, ex you know, just kind of looked at it and see what we could do with it. And just, you know, so basically it's co-written by uh, both of us with that one. Um, and yeah, but Michelle, like, honestly, I always say like, she like artists are always the co-writer really because like like those images are so important obviously to what a comic book is but you could take all the dialogue and all the captions and all the stuff away from any comic that we do together and you'll know what's going on in that story you might know not know the exact details but michelle's so good at i think like you know create putting her pacing in and just like capturing the right moments that i feel like you don't even need to read the words necessarily you could look at it as like a picture book and just follow mm -hmm. follow along pretty closely what's going on how do you do your work is it is it digital or are you are you using uh paper and pen how does that how are you doing your work i work uh digitally these days it just okay makes the whole thing move along faster no scanning or cleaning up you know images that way so it just takes all of that out and I use Clip Studio as a program. Okay. So. How have you seen, for instance, when you you know doing comics? Was there was there a level of um, mm -hmm. how does that editing piece happen? Where you you know let John know this is too there's too many words here to put in one frame in in one in one box. Is, is that conversations happen earlier on when you're working on the black wall? I think actually I've had to edit panels because I didn't leave enough room for like the <laughs> the, the dialogue that was there. So I learned very quickly um, to pay attention to that. Right. But yeah. I don't I don't think I've ever had to shorten. Right. Dialogue. Whenever, whenever I've done like live or not done like live, I've been to them at comic conventions. I've tried to really listen to the letters, you know when they tell you how many word bubbles are supposed to really be in there and everything. And I cut like back in the day when I first started, I had a comic called coffee time and I lettered everything myself and okay. it was awful. It was so bad. <laughs> and like, I realized after when you look at that stuff, I wrote too many words in there and it's really bad looking, you know? So I even I'm editing all the way up to before I give it to the letter. Um, right. So when I, when I get the pages from Michelle, I go one time through it one last time and really try to take words out and rephrase things. So it just kind of fits in better and looks better. And sometimes I take out dialogue bubbles and, you know, just realize, oh, I, that doesn't need to be there. There's too many words. Um, so I try to, I'm pretty hard on myself as an editor. Um, you know, eventually I think I'm going to get have to hire an editor because I'd, I'd love mm. to have somebody else kind of putting input on that, you know? Right. So what, what, what attracts you guys to the, the, to the genre of like crime fiction? I love it because it's real. There's something very human about it. It's not fantastical and I don't know. I feel like I really get into it because it's something that could happen. And I like to see how the characters respond to these things. Yeah. I think if uh, like that makes sense for, you know, 
Michelle saying that because if you look at her art, like she captures like emotion really well in characters' faces without them even, you know, words coming out of their mouths. You kind of know what they're thinking. So just like attra being attracted to the human side of it, I think that makes sense. Um, for me, it's just like I've, I've, ever since I was a kid, I was just attracted to like the darker side of things. Like I was like probably eight years old, seven years old, like drawing zombies and skulls and, you know, <laughs> like just weird stuff like that. When I was like a little kid, like, you know, I look back and like I wonder if my parents were concerned at all, you know, <laughs> but, you know, just growing into that, like I'm like a huge movie fan and like at a young age, like in my late teens, probably I got into the film noir genre and just started like diving in on that stuff. and really love that dynamics there of like desperate characters and like, you know, having, getting into these crazy situations where they just have to do things that maybe they don't even want to do, or they're like not really doing at their own will, but because of like, you know, some stupid man like is doing it for that femme fatale character. Cause you know, she's got him wrapped around her finger and making him do some crazy things so that they can make a bunch of money off of her current husband. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff right. where, characters get trapped in those situations you know um i just love that because it's like it's a puzzle to try to find out how they're going to get out of it you know the genre that you're working in is there like from the reader's perspective do you think there's a some level of expectation or assumption that you're making like some level of like social commentary on something but it makes sense, I think. I mean, film noir or just noir, that genre, right. the crime genre is very cynical. Like, right. even though I'm pretty, I'm pretty positive, you know, like I'm also, I have a pretty cynical side to me sometimes. So um, I really, I, I feel personally like that cynicism is, it's out there. You can feel it, but like, I feel like it's missing from our entertainment and stuff these days. Right. Like, it's like, we're, we're still got like, which is cool. It's good to have heroes and stuff, but the hero thing is very the center of our attention still, you know, mm -hmm. but like, man, like it makes sense that film noir was big after world war two, you know, like in the forties and fifties, it just makes sense that there was this streak of cynicism going through society. And like, I'm like, where's my cynicism, my entertainment, man? Cause that's what I look <laughs> for and it's not there. So hopefully me and Michelle are providing that you know <laughs> so so talk to us a little bit about kind of like the world you've created is this you know u.s adjacent supposed is this supposed to be like uh, the world we're living in now i mean it's a it's adjacent like it's okay. it's i was like looked at it as like um you know it was like a near future dystopia you know mm. it's it's you know it's the thing that's on we're on the edge of you know it's not like you know it's not about ai like in robots and like um you know what you know big brother and like it's that that stuff is like there on the edge of things but um it's just like hey you know this you know could possibly happen you know and do you really want this you know right um so it's it's kind of it's it's america but it's not our america necessarily but it's america yeah. as it maybe can be or you know maybe we'll we can also avoid that too. What part did you like the 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 most? You know, the question for both of you is creating the individual storyline of watching somebody go through this, or actually creating the setting to have your character journey through this. Oh, I know. Yeah, definitely, Sarah. Just her character is the best part. <laughs> 
for me. I, yeah, I, I love her whole journey, her growth as a person throughout the Black Wall and then now Home Free and then, who you know, she's got these values, but also a very hard shell that she's earned, to be honest. So mm. I, yeah, I love the world around, uh, debatable, a lot of, um, <laughs> a lot of stuff to draw in that world. Because it's like a road trip, basically, because it starts in Coos Bay, Oregon. We go through the mount, like kind of like a mountain area of Oregon in the second issue, down to the Nevada desert in the third issue, and now we're in San Diego. Um, mm. And you know, so she's had to like really kind of adapt to different environments on every single issue to um, draw. And then like the the big, the hardest part for her, I'm guessing, in San Diego, like I keep, I always say this, like I felt really bad writing the script for issue four. Uh, because there's like it's a very action oriented and movement oriented script that's taking place in a city that's kind of fallen to urban warfare and so there's a lot of people and action and just things happening in every panel almost there's not really too many quiet panels in that one so her work is just man like mm -hmm. it's, it's cut out for her on that one she's doing like every page i've seen and she's blowing it away she's doing mm -hmm. awesome oh thank you so the two of you, as, as you're writing the script, do you feel like there's some level of importance? Because there's this level of being like the parents to Sarah in a way, and the parents to these characters is that to you know feel like man, we should really give her a break. I mean, is there something where you're like, can we just have like one episode where she's just like, you know, hanging out playing checkers or something? Like just having like any like, how much does Sarah do that you weren't expecting her to do in the script, or or how you draw it? She's like. I think she's going to be doing this. Like, how does, how does that work? She, since you've been around her for so long. I can tell you uh, from my experience, John is amazing at keep you, keeping you on your toes as a reader because issue one I read and I'm like, wow, okay. And then I'm thinking, I know where issue two is going. And then issue, issue two, I read it. I'm like, whoa, okay. I thought I was going over here. It's going over here. And then, I read issue three is the same thing. And it's like, whoa, it's amazing and wonderful. And I love it. I, I feel like, I don't know if I feel that like parent kind of thing with the characters, just because like, as you're writing them, you get to know them and you know how it is when you write. I mean, like so, sometimes you're just in the mode and like characters start doing things kind of on their own almost, you know, just like the magic of writing kind of starts happening and, you know, you, you maybe obviously you're writing things that hey that's not the decision i would make in this life like i would be like going the other direction if i rolled up on san diego in the situation it's in you know what i mean that that would not be my decision to like carry on and go forward um but uh you know sarah like you know they your characters um i think you just learn to trust them and know you know you kind of know where it's going most of the time i think and um you just kind of trust them and like you don't really have to worry about them um right. it, it just depends on the character i guess you know uh like because i usually i go into it knowing somewhat of what the ending is going to be so you know just i guess it depends on where it's leading and sometimes you know uh 
you know, you just have to look at your character like it's just a human being and you've got to understand like, you know, you know, my, my characters don't always end up in happy places, basically is what I'm trying to say. And um, you just got to kind of realist, you know, I try to be like a little bit logical about it, you know, and just real realistically look at it and look at the decisions they've made and try to understand like, hey, you know, this is where this person took themselves in a way doesn't make it the situation not sad doesn't mean you don't care but um you just got you know you gotta have that like a little bit of distance on them you know i think so talk to us a little bit about now the uh your tier levels so this is what I, i'm really curious about you have on here on your kickstarter you have a deluxe pdf so that includes i know some additional artwork okay um and uh, some additional writings by John. Yeah, we're going to... Yeah, like, all the covers will be there. Like, so we have three oh, different cool. uh, covers. Um, and, yeah, I'll, I'll write, like, an essay about the characters. And, like, on the, I think in the last issue, I did one about naming characters. So it'll be something yep. along that lines that, like, how you dissect that, you know what I mean? And um, we worked with, like, an awesome artist, uh, Malis Rosa, on uh, one of the variant covers. And she's mm. just extraordinary. So I asked her if it was cool. Hey, can we show like the, can I show the breakdown of like the covers, or the cover that you did and just like how we got there? And she's like, yeah, of course, you know? Um, so she That's gave me awesome. like the, all the files for that. Cause you know, it's so weird. Like when you're doing covers with people, all the like the little decisions that you make, like, Hey, should we put blood on this or should we not put blood? And like, you know, um, so they're all like the PDF, the deluxe is going to have just a little bit more, not just the pages, but like a little bit behind the scenes as well. The digital bundle. So this is just all issues one through four. And yep, that's and a really so. good deal too, that you have issues one through four as well for $29. So that people can end up saving a lot of money if they just go with the bundles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's the beauty of bundling, you know, um, that's, that's how I've learned. I've started doing conventions this year finally mm. that, that's where i learned like you really you know when you make bundles people are willing you know willing to spend more and buy more and especially if you're telling them hey you're not you know you're saving like 20 bucks here or 10 bucks here you know and what exact so what's the big digital bundle that you have uh that one so that has all the issues um it's gonna have i think my graphic novel the uh, getting back to normal in there. Yes, uh -huh. there it is. Yeah. Um, that's I, the previous Kickstarter that I did that. Um, and then I also write novellas. I've been doing that since issue two for each issue of home free. Um, okay. so they involve characters or situations. Like the first novella was this girl, May, who, um, Sarah has to tie to a sink in the first issue. So I was like, Hey, you know, she's one of those interesting side characters that doesn't really get a lot of play she's just in this moment like right you know what's her story so i just kind of like did the day before the day of and like the days after the sink incident just to kind of show you what happened to her and then the second one uh inheritor of the dead it's about a forensics cleaner who happens upon the accident um something that happens in the second issue of home free and like it's his story and like it's a crime story more more like hard crime where you know he finds an object at the crash site someone he's after that object he doesn't realize that he tries to pawn it and then gets involved mm. in this whole dark story and then um i'm writing a, a novella for the current issue that's actually a trip into sarah's past 
Um, it's called Stop Through. And it's um, so basically uh, she's going, it's like a part of her past, like in this issue, she's going south. It's a part of her past where she was uh, coming north up 395 from California back to Reno. And it's like mm -hmm. a real dive into like her person and like, you know, places she's been and things that were going on and her decisions that kind of led her to Coos Bay. So we're getting, it's just like a really cool little, uh, more of a dramatic noir than a crime noir. Um, okay. You know, she's still in a desperate situation. There's still some things going on, but it's not necessarily like a hard crime story. Um, yeah. It's really, I'm loving writing it. Um, it's going to be probably the longest one too. So um, yeah, it's going to be fun. I can't wait to finish that one. So, uh, so Michelle, I love the idea that you're doing drawing somebody's portrait in the future comic. And I love the noir portrait. Where did that idea come from? I think that was your idea, John. No, maybe so. Uh, we've been doing that since the first issue and um, they always sell out. I think there's only one left right now. So mm -hmm. um, I, yeah. And she knocks out of the park and those are so cool. Like they, right. if you cannot miss that deal because it's really, you're getting everything in our hundred dollar tier and then you're getting a portrait done by Michelle on top of that. Um, and really like we should be issue five. We're going to charge more for that. So get on this one now because, you know, we can definitely charge more than $200 for that tier, you know? And so is that a digital or is that ink pen and ink? I draw those digitally. I just use wow. my same drawing program. How important is it when you're you're doing this of really understanding where light source is coming from? Oh man, that's so important. In order to have the depth of field that you want to have, it is really important to yeah, find your light source and try to stay true to that. Uh, yeah it's all magic to me when i see that i'm just like i don't know how she's doing that that's amazing what <laughs> if, if people want to learn more about home free and learn more about uh, both of your works where's the best place they could go to i'd say the kickstarter yeah. you know um because it really like we kind of break down uh you know what's going on in the current issues we kind of give a little bit of the world in there we have a breakdown of the world um but i guess like you know if you go to our websites there should be descriptions of the, each comic on each one um right. but I, I really think you know the best place to figure out what's going on is probably our kickstarter yeah or you, you can even just look at the old kickstarters too you know what I mean? they're all up there still so um right <laughs> So listen, the two of you are going to have to come back on next time you, uh, next time you're ready for more if, more issues. Because you said issues one through four. That's all you're doing for Home Free. Uh, one more. Uh, mm -hmm. We're doing issue five, uh, probably early next year at this point. Thanks. All right. Well, thank you so much, you two. This has been great. Yeah. Thanks for having us on. We appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, oh. I asked a librarian if she had a book about Pavlov's dog and Schrodinger's cat. She said it rang a bell, but she wasn't sure if it was there or not.
So. <laughs> all right. Anyway, let me do my intro. So, I'm editing all this out anyway because it's not about me. It's about you guys. So here we go. All right. <laughs>